Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello, welcome to Voice America Influencers. Uh, You know, we're so appreciative of Voice America Influencers allowing us to talk about an issue that is really verboten in mainstream advertiser-based radio or television or the newspapers for that matter. And that is how we're killing the planet with animal agriculture. And why is it verboten? If you look at the industries that advertise, on radio, television, and the newspapers, fast food, pharmaceuticals, a lot of the industries that would collapse if people got healthy, switched to a plant-based diet. But the good news is that we are getting this out. We're getting it out through social media. And we are also getting it out right here on Voice America Influencers. So let's give it up for Voice America Influencers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, we've been uh, talking over the past weekend here in Arizona, where Voice America is based, about creating a vegan world by 2026. And we are here with Dr. Selesh Rao, who was one of the creators of the Internet. And he is using the exact same formula that they used to create the Internet to create a vegan world by 2026. And uh, we also have a social media influencer by the name of Ryuji Chua with us. Now, Ryuji, I want you to talk a little bit because you've you really are getting the word out to the millennials and even the younger people who are going to really be at the forefront of change. Tell us what you do and why you do it. So what I do is I create content on the internet. So I put it out on social media. And the reason I speak on social media is actually related to something you talked about earlier, which is the media. So much of what we do, so much of what we believe, and so much of how we act is dictated by the media and the things we learn through watching media as we grow up. Mm -hmm. Now, in the past, in order to get the attention of the masses, you needed to get past gatekeepers. And you've lived through this. And you know that there was a point when a random person like me couldn't get out to people. But now with the event of social media, that's created the opportunity for people like you and me, for anyone really, to become an influencer and to talk directly to people. I had this epiphany yesterday where I realized that there are certain people, because I put out content every single day, there are people and kids who watch me every single day and I'm having more of an impact on their lives than the teachers in their schools. Wow. And I know because of the feedback that I get and I get all sorts of feedback, like people message me being like, you know, I was bullied at school today because I'm vegan and I watch your content. I feel so much better. I feel empowered. I have people hitting me up saying they're going vegan because they saw my content. And that is something that we can all do now. We all have access to this through social media by speaking our truths and being ourselves and really sharing ourselves with the world. We can really make a difference. That's why I started Jane Unchained, which is a digital social media news network for animal rights and the vegan lifestyle. And last year, we had 16.5 million video views, and that's just on Facebook alone. And we share our content all over the place and here on Voice America as well. Now, Dr. Silesh Rao, and we have another great guest we'll introduce in a second, who was a cattle rancher who became a, a vegan activist. Uh, Dr. Rao, why do we need a vegan world by 2026? For those who are listening and rolling their eyes and going, oh, my God, 
L- listen to these people. They're out of their minds. You help create the internet. You're no, you know, you're you're not somebody who's just, you know, talking. You you've walked the walk. You've changed our world. Why do we need to create a vegan world by 2026? Because the world that we are in now is based on normalized violence, which is really about killing things off. And we are killing things off at such a fast pace mm. that we are in danger of killing ourselves as well. Oh. You know, so we are, I mean, we are killing more animals in four to 12 hours than all the humans that ever died in wars throughout human history put together. That's, an, that's a frenzied rate of killing. And all because we are making money. Somebody is making money off of all this killing. So we have a system that's based on, you know, making money of death, disease, and destruction. You know, death for the animals, disease for human beings, and destruction for the planet. And so that's the system that we are in because it's a system based on fear, it's based on war, continuous war, endless war. It's all about violence. It's a very violent system. And so nature is now telling us if we don't stop this and change to a system of normalized nonviolence by 2026, you're done. Wow, that was heavy. Uh, By the way, we're also shooting a documentary here uh, today, and Jeff Adams uh, came all the way from North Carolina. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, How are you getting everything? You getting everything good? Excellent, because there's some very intense wisdom that's being disseminated today. Let's go to Renee King-Sonin. She was a cattle rancher, and she and her husband is a multi-generational cattle rancher. And you woke up one day. Uh, what happened to you to make you realize that you were part of a system of normalized violence and that you want, wanted to change to a system of normalized nonviolence? Well, I'm a traditional Texan, grew up in Houston, Texas, um, married my husband for the second time, moved to the ranch, and had no idea that I was going to fall in love with the cows. It was, uh, it's not, you're not taught to uh, have any feelings for a ribeye or a T-bone. You know, you eat that. You eat the flesh of uh, other beings without even thinking about it. But when I started feeding my little calf, Rowdy Girl, and Rowdy Girl became the conduit for me seeing all of those animals in the pasture. I began to see, I began to visualize that, you know, I was eating the rump of Tippy over there. I was eating the backstrap of, you know, little 92 over there. I began to see with my own eyes that these animals were I could see the cuts on them, and I was, and I became repulsed by it. And I would stop feeding Rowdy Girl, and I would go back to having to be a good rancher's wife because ranchers' wives don't go vegan typically. Now I did, but most of the time you don't, you're not going to hear about a rancher's wife going vegan until until now because we're going to. You get calls all the time from ranchers and ranchers' wives and ranchers' children who have fallen in love with some of their animals yes. and who are seeking help from you. Yes, in fact, I was just remembering one such call. I was out in the pasture feeding the cows with my husband, and I had my cell phone with me, and I get a call and I answer it. And there's a woman on the other end of the line from Minnesota, and she's crying. And she said, I can't believe you answered the phone. And I said, who is this? She said, well, you don't know me, but I saw your story on CBS Evening News. And uh, she said, and your story was shared to my cattle rancher, my cattle rancher dad. You're, and, and I want you to know that you are changing 
the way we are looking at our cattle ranch operation. We have 700 acres, and I don't remember the type of cattle, but she said, I, I shared this story with my dad, and she was crying. She said, because I want you to know that I, too, have feelings for those cows out there in that pasture. I have feelings for them, but I can never talk about it. And because I heard your story, I can now find somebody I can talk to. Just like you're an alcoholic, and I'm an alcoholic recovering, you can't talk to another alcoholic, another person, unless they've been there. That's what's happening to these cattle ranchers and their families. They're contacting us because we've been there. It's happened organically. Well, that's an amazing story. And now that you have turned your cattle ranch into a, an animal sanctuary and you and your husband have gone vegan, you've got a rancher's advocacy program where you're helping other ranchers. I went to your ranch in Texas that's now the Rowdy Girl Sanctuary, and I talked to a young lady who had raised an animal for 4-H where they teach them how to basically fall in love with an animal, raise them, and then go and let them go killed. Yes. Right. Kill them. So what is that teaching to people in terms of emotional disconnect? And what did that young girl do with that animal that she fell in love with? And she said, no, I'm not going to kill this animal. I'm going to do something that may get me in trouble with my school and my friends and even my family. But I'm not killing this animal that I raised that I fell in love with. Yeah, that was little Elena. And Elena is in the Families Choosing Compassion program. Her pig's name is Gizmo. And Elena... Uh, was in 4-H, FFA, and she was raising animals for the FFA program. One pig was called Chubbles. Chubbles, the year before, was slaughtered uh, through the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. They went through that, and and it happened. Because of that experience, little Elena went vegetarian. Not her family, but her. And so the following year, she gets Gizmo with the idea that she's going to get Gizmo, she's going to save Gizmo, she's going to somehow save Gizmo, but when it came right down to it, she couldn't save Gizmo. He was heading for slaughter. And that little 14-year-old girl messaged me on Facebook and we started a dialogue and the next thing you know her family is in my living room her mom her dad her sister Elena herself and they're telling me why they want to be in our program they're telling me they're going to get out of FFA because I wouldn't uh, help them otherwise not unless they did some other form of FFA but she got out of FFA Gizmo came to the sanctuary she comes there every single month and takes care of that pig her mother's vegan her sister's vegan PETA has has voted her with all kind of awards. She's also uh, been voted by Animal Hero Kids with an award. So little Gizmo and Elena are changing the world. I just love that story. And it shows how these institutions, look, institutions change, okay? That's how we evolve as a society. If we all stayed the same, I'd still be eating at Horn and Harder like I did when I was a kid and shopping at Woolworths. And they don't exist anymore. And now we see another generation of companies like Sears, you know, going out of business. And we see new companies take the place. And societal norms are very similar. Societal norms change as people's attitudes change. And so what we really need to, though, consider is that there's a dynamic here that didn't exist in the history of humankind. And that is television and radio and the amount of imagery that we are being hit with every day to brainwash us. And so my dad was in advertising. I know advertising intimately well. They have subliminal ways Mm -hmm. of equating certain products with certain qualities that humans want. They connect with meat with masculinity. Meat has nothing to do with masculinity. Some of the most masculine men in the world 
Don't Eat Animals. There's a new film coming out called Game Changers that will profile the strongest man in the world, bodybuilders, um, athletes, NFL football players, all of them eating 100% plant-based diet. But the advertisers know how to equate meat with masculinity. They know how to equate dairy with femininity. They do it in very subtle ways. They also equate eating meat with upward mobility, with family values. Mm. So if you're a good parent, you're going to be shown sitting down at the dinner table with your kid eating animals. And uh, let me tell you, it's so pervasive that they did a whole show on Einstein and they never mentioned that he didn't eat meat and that he said, you know, basically we're never going to evolve as a species until we stop eating meat. They did an entire docu-series on him, and they never mentioned that. It's verboten. You can't even bring it up. Mm. So when people fiercely defend their right to eat this way, they are unaware that they are being conditioned, they are brainwashed, and not only that, they are being programmed to get sick so they can be sold a whole bunch of drugs and surgeries on the other end. And as Dr. Selesh Rao says, we are we are being farmed. We are inventory just as much as the animals are inventory. Yeah. We're just killed a little more slowly. So Ryuji Chu, a social media influencer, you wanted to talk about that. Yeah, and that's the reason why I think it's so important for all of us to take responsibility and to reverse what the media has taught us because we now have that. We literally have that power. And if you look at what's happening today and you look at who kids are looking up to, the next generation, they're looking up at social media influencers. They're looking up to people who just put out content on the internet. And if you look, if you see, for example, I live in Los Angeles, so sometimes you'll see people who are famous on the internet. These are not traditional media celebrities. These are social media influencers. And if you look at the crowds of people around them, it's insane. They get more public attention than many traditional media celebrities, and they haven't gone through gatekeepers. And so that could be anyone. That could be me, that could be you, that could be anyone. And we have to understand that so many people are going to do things because the people that they look up to do the same things, and we can become those people. Yeah. By us stepping up, by me putting out content on the internet and being like, hey, this is what I'm about. I'm vegan. This is my life. My life is awesome. I live an awesome life. I have awesome friends. Everything is great. People can see that and look up to that and be like, wow, that's cool. I want to do that too. And the reason I think social media is so important too is because of this idea of tribes. You can read about this in a book called Tribes by Seth Godin. And he talks about how today we have this opportunity to change the world by creating communities. I'm not going to get to the whole world as one person. There are 7.6 billion people in the world. I can't speak to everyone. But what if I can speak to a thousand people and I can not only speak to them, but empower them to create their own community. And then they can empower their community to create more communities. And in that way, we can really spread a movement. Social media is a tool that allows us to create this and allows anyone to be a voice and create those communities. All right, we're going to take a brief break on Voice America Radio, but we are going to stay live on Facebook where we just did a nice little spin for you just to keep it interesting. And uh, (laughs) please share this video. Share this video on Facebook so that people that you know who um, are clueless about this whole issue because they haven't been informed can 
hear about it and maybe make the change. And you can make the change very quickly. I mean, my girlfriend, I met her. She said, why is this woman so passionate about this? She went home. She turned on the computer. She watched Farm to Fridge. She went vegan. Boom. Now she's that snarky vegan girl. <laughs> um, so you can do it in a second, but please share the video. So let's take a, a quick break on the radio. We'll be back with Voice America Influencers in just a minute. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel become a member of voiceamerica.com it's easy and best of all it's free start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top once you've created an account and signed in you can create your own custom library opt into our newsletter search by show host guest or topic of interest or browse millions of hours of content across all of our voice america radio channels membership gets you more visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel you are listening to jane unchained to reach the show today call in to 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to janeunchainnews at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. We are back here on Voice America Influencers, and uh, we are here with Dr. Silesh Rao, who is one of the creators of the Internet and who is now using that same kind of methodical scientific thinking to help create a vegan world by 2026. Dr. Rao, um... Tell us how you are going to grow this. We spent a weekend breaking down into teams, coming up with um, issues, philosophical, economic, spiritual, cultural, ecological, that um, need to be addressed to create this uh, world of normalized nonviolence by 2026. How are you going to grow it? Well, it, you, when you start doing things like this and, and it inspires a lot more people to come to the next meeting or the next meeting online, then you see it grow. Basically, there are so many questions that need to be answered, so we need experts from every field in on this because this is the way out for all of humanity and for the earth, for all life on earth. This is the way out. What do you say to people, because this is what people say all the time to me, Oh, you raise such good points. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, I haven't gotten there yet, though. Yeah. 
Well, see, we are all on a, on a journey. We are all on a journey home to who we really are. Because if we ask people, would you deliberately hurt an innocent animal unnecessarily? 99.5% of the people will say no. Which means 99.5% of the people are already vegan. <laughs> they're already vegan, okay? Because that's the definition of veganism. <laughs> but they're not there yet. So I mean, they're being conditioned to do something that's against their true nature. Yeah. Okay? So we are helping them come back to their true nature. That's what veganism is. And so if, when we start working on a system that's, that's going to be in alignment to their true nature, it'll inspire people to come along. So this is why I believe it's an organic movement. It's a movement that's going to grow. You know, as we start working and it's going to inspire people, they'll come, they're going to come and help us. Yeah, and um, let me ask Renee King-Sonan, when you went vegan as a cattle rancher, you know, you were at ground zero of animal agriculture. You did something very brave because it's not like going vegan in Venice, California or Brooklyn, New York. I mean, what was the reaction of people in your community and how did you handle that? Well, it's, uh, I get asked that question all the time. You know, how, you know, what did the ranchers think? What did your neighbors think? And my answer is this. When I first started going vegan, I was already on social media, and I knew that if I told my next-door neighbor or if I, to, if I told the Brazoria County Cattlemen Association, who we were, where we were members, if I told them what we were doing, we would have got stopped dead in our tracks probably. We would have got shamed out of doing this. But what I did is I went to social media. I started finding all the influencers. I didn't know that's what they were called because I was just going and finding people like Kip Anderson, and I found Howard Lyman, and I found all these big names. Names, you know, I called Farm Sanctuary and I spoke to Gene Bauer, you know, and I, I was desperate to keep these cows from going to slaughter. I didn't know how to do it. I just knew I had to talk to people that were influencers, like you just said. And so I started putting the pieces together. And the next thing you know, the people in other parts of the world knew about what we were doing before my neighbor before the Brazoria County <laughs> Cattlemen's Association, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's a riot. Um, well, and now you're now you are well known in your yes, neighborhood. We now, are. what's interesting is, you know, uh, a lot of the people who are being hurt by animal agriculture are the very people who are eating animals. You are uh, a climate change refugee in the sense that you've been flooded with 500 year flood or 100 year flood yes. now. You're, you're in, you're out. And this is happening all over uh, the United States. The folks in uh, North Carolina and our documentary uh, film producers from North Carolina with Hurricane Florence, they are being devastated by animal agriculture. And it's sad. Like, I don't want anybody to lose their home, to lose their livelihood, to lose their family photos, to lose everything that they've worked their whole mm. lives to collect in a storm. But then the irony is, while North Carolina media refused to air our, the news conference that a group of environmentalists and animal activists had saying, you know, the problem is animal agriculture. It's a leading cause of climate change far beyond all transportation combined. That is documented according to the United Nations. World Bank economists have said that the United Nations vastly underestimated the impact of animal agriculture. It's really the leading cause. So when when the people of North Carolina who happen to be environmentalists and animal lovers held a news conference in Wilmington and said, we want these concentrated animal feeding operations, these pig farms where all these 
millions of pigs and, and chickens are kept in warehouses. We don't want them back. No. All the animals died. Three and a half million animals drowned. We don't want them back. The local news media, while they came to the news conference, they never put it on the air. They just, it was a complete blackout. Yeah. Complete blackout. But... When I was looking for the story on the Internet, those same local news stations did publicize a barbecue for the victims of the hurricane. So come and eat more meat, which is the cause of climate change that's destroying your homes. So the self-destructiveness is mind boggling. But the point is that when you try to talk to people and tell them connect the dots connect the dots your home was destroyed your farm was destroyed and it's going to get worse and it's going to get more frequent and it's because you eat animals don't eat animals just make a slightly different choice what dr rao pointed out was that 80 percent of all the food we already eat is vegan. Right. People are very, very um, triggered, I would say, by the word vegan. And I don't care what you call it. Okay? And we, you know what? You could just stay still, I think, might be the best thing for the rest of the hour. Um, thanks. Um, and please share this video if you're watching it on Facebook. Paige is doing a great job there behind the camera. Um, Dr. Rao, 80% of the food we already eat is already vegan. Tell us about that. See, 80%, more than 80% of the food that we eat worldwide is already plant-based and vegan. But the other 20%, uh, less than 20% is animal-based. But it's not distributed evenly. This is why people in, uh, in the upper echelons of society feel like you know, they're eating a lot of meat. But the poor people are eating very little meat, very little animal foods. So the average is 80% plant-based. Okay. So basically, we have to convince the rich people to stop eating all the animals exactly. so that the poor people don't die of starvation. Right. And actually, the irony is the poor people are often healthier than the rich people. That's why they call it, you know, gout, the disease of kings. We're all eating like kings. Yeah. And, and unfortunately or fortunately, the, the truth is 7.6 billion humans can't eat like kings. We're all going to get gout, you know, which is an old fashioned way of saying we're going to get heart disease. We're going to get all these problems. Yes. Right. And Dr. Rao, please speak up if you can. Thank you. Yes. Um, how do we convince the wealthy, the Western societies, that they are not just killing themselves, but they are committing almost um, genocide on other cultures that cannot grow their crops? They cannot live in these regions. Um, be, climate change is forcing millions of people to become climate change refugees. Yes. We even see that with our border issue. The people coming up used to be subsistence farmers. They Nobody talks about this. Again, they talk about, oh, they're no. fleeing violence. They're, they're, they can't grow their crops anymore because the land is not temperate. And it's going from if severe rains to severe drought. It's not a temperate climate anymore because of climate change. They can't be subsistence farmers living in their little plot of land, just growing their corn and living their little lives. That's why everybody's flooding the cities. Right. Yeah. So there's all the migration that's happening is because, of, you know, a lot of migration is happening because of climate change. So uh, it's, it's a very systemic issue. You know, and the systemic issue, it is basically driving, the the whole system is driving to this conclusion, saying either you change now or we're going we're gonna to just, you know, disappear. 
So when, when someone tells you there are all these problems and the one thing you can do to address all of these problems is to go and eat a plant-based diet, why wouldn't we do it? Well, it's, because people are conditioned. The reaction is, you're depriving me of my freedom of choice. You're telling me that what I'm doing is wrong. It's exactly like when I drank. Mm -hmm. When I was in my disease, I'm 23 years sober now, when people would tell me, hey, they don't drink, I would be very threatened by that. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. And I'm sure you can say the same. I didn't like it if somebody came to a party that I was having and said, no, I just want, I want sparkling water or soda. I'd be like, right. what the hell? What's wrong with them? What are they? Because I knew deep down inside, I knew, mm -hmm. you know, they don't need it. It made me feel threatened. Right. Why don't they need to, to medicate themselves and stuff their feelings? They must be okay with themselves that they don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. It was very threatening to me. So when you tell people who are hooked on this way of eating, and it is addictive, it's culturally addictive, it's psychologically addictive, and it's physically addictive, mm -hmm. just stop it. It's self-destructive behavior. What you get is pushback, and they, they don't, the, the, the messenger irritates them. So how do we deal with that? Well, you get pushback initially. You get pushback, the, that's the first reaction. But it's, it's a little bit like taking one brick out of a wall. So you keep taking one brick out of a wall, and eventually, you know, the whole wall crumbles. This is what happened to you, right? When you finally decided, I want to quit and I want to become sober. Well, what happened was I made a fool of myself at a party, <laughs> and I kicked the host down a flight of stairs, and I was carried out in a blackout over my shoulder, over... Uh, uh, over my then boyfriend's shoulder, <laughs> and I I woke up the next day feeling incomprehensible demoralization. You have to hit bottom. See, the problem that we have right now is that people have to hit bottom on this. Yep. And right. and at least I knew. Here's a bottle. Drinking this makes me drunk. But people have to connect the dots to eating that steak, that hamburger, that ribeye. Yep. It's more dots to connect. You know what I'm saying? Right. But they're being connected rapidly you know, because of social media influencers and people like that. It, they're being connected rapidly. People are seeing that. So it's uh, so have, keep the faith, right? That's oh, I am. Yeah. No, no, listen, I, I, I keep the faith. And I, the reason I'm here is because I believe in what you're doing. I'm just asking you provocative questions because almost right. like we had these, these meetings, you know, yesterday where we were talking about... Um, all the issues. Um, these are the kinds of things that when we when we figure them out. Remember, most of the people who are, who are listening to this are not vegan. So what we're doing is kind of making them aware of their own thought process. That's my goal is to make people aware like of their own thought process. And then they go, aha. Oh, that's what I'm doing. Go ahead, Ryuji. And I think to add to what you just said, it's our responsibility as individuals to all share our different stories because we're not all going to get to everyone. So you just shared a very powerful story yes. that I actually never knew about you, but that might not have gotten to me because I was never an alcoholic. So I don't relate to that. And I feel like in our movement, it's so easy for us to kind of chase people who are not meant to listen to us. Like there are people that if you simply shared your story and your truth, they would really relate to that and be like, oh, oh my God, like that makes sense. 
but there are other people where it wouldn't make sense. For me, for example, I have a very different story where I read a book and you know I realized that my whole life I loved animals and I used to be so sad when I saw like fish die. Like I used to go fishing. I saw the fish die. I was yeah. so sad. I saw a man's stuff stick down a fish's throat and made me so sad and I, I loved all these animals and I remember being in my house in Singapore and seeing these birds trapped in tiny cages and, and feeling kind of bad but stuffing all that down and one day I had this realization that well, wait a second this actually is not okay and I changed I became vegan and we have very different stories and that is the beauty of the world is that we're all different and we're all individuals and so we can all get to different people and if we all share our stories we have so much more of a reach yeah you know instead of finding arguments and to me like i kind of moved away from arguing with people Mm -hmm. and being like oh you know like and, and talking it out because i'm like we're not meant to get along Maybe you'll get along with Jane and maybe she'll change you, you know, but maybe it's, it's not up to me. But by me speaking my truth, I find that there are so many people who are open to me. Yes. And I can make a difference there. And so that's why I think it's our responsibility, all of our responsibilities to be the change. Imagine what the world would look like if we all took responsibility for the state of the world, if we all took responsibility for the environment, if we all took responsibility for all the animals who are suffering in the world. And we said, you know what? It's up to me to make the difference. I love it. It's up to me to be the change. Imagine what the world would look like then. Yes. That's exactly where we are going. It's a world where we take responsibilities for things instead of asserting our rights to things. Yes. It's the opposite. Yeah, so what's really beautiful about what you've put together is, yeah, it it will be a plant-based world, but there's also going to be a lot of other wonderful things that come out of that. When we get rid of violence, and I, I you know, the great thinkers have always said this, Gandhi, I know you've studied Gandhi a lot, mm-hmm. about how once the, the, the civilization can be judged by how we treat our most powerless and our most voiceless, and those are animals. Can you elaborate on how Gandhi has influenced you and your, um, your mission? Gandhi has shown that one person can make a difference, mm-hmm. make a huge difference. In fact, I think he's shown that it's only through a few people that all changes happen. You know, it isn't... It isn't uh, groups of people. It's just one person makes this unreasonable stand and says, no, I don't want this to happen anymore. I want to change this. And then people start coalescing around that person. So this is really how all change happens. So Gandhi did that in India 100 years ago. And now he tried to create a system of normalized nonviolence too. But in his case, he really didn't have all the tools and technologies that we do today. We have the internet. He didn't have that. Through the internet, we are able to connect to so many people directly. Mm-hmm. So, and we now have cryptography that's allowed us to actually free ourselves from corporations. This is why they all got so mad at Snowden, because Snowden revealed that the NSA cannot break down cryptographic codes yet. Mm. That's why mm. they're so pissed off at them. So, you know, this is uh, because that means that we can now create this software systems in which. People cannot know what we are talking about unless we give them permission. So then you become free as an individual. It's interesting that you even have to worry about that. Yeah. Now, let me ask you about the vegan coin. This Mm. is very important because, you know, follow the money. When you see animals being exploited, always follow the money, whether it's zoos, whether it's 
yeah, we're going to talk about the vegan coin right on the other side. We're staying live on Facebook. We're going to take a break on Voice America Influencers Radio. We're here in Arizona with Dr. Celeste Rao. We're so honored to have him. Let's take a break, and then we're going to talk about a vegan cryptocurrency on the other side. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. So we are here, Voice America Influencers Radio. We want to hear it. Let's hear it for Voice America Influencers. Giving us an opportunity about to talk about issues that literally it's verboten to talk about because of the the big money that doesn't want this they're making so much money off of us eating this bad food and getting yep. sick it's unbelievable now dr rao there's a way around it we always say when anytime animal cruelty occurs follow the money i don't care whether it's a zoo an animal laboratory a fast food company a slaughterhouse it's always money but now we have a vegan cryptocurrency that is hitting January 1st. Can you explain why that is such a huge deal? Paige, come on in closer. So the vegan nation um, is trying to, is creating this vegan currency that unites vegans around the world in a single system. It's like we become a nation of our own, but we are you know, physically spread out throughout the world. But as far as vegan nation is concerned, it's just one entity that we are part of this one entity. So we signed up uh, vegan businesses to be part of this so that uh, when vegan nation members go to these businesses, they can get discounts. And then some of that money goes back to vegan nation, which can be then be used for helping vegan, um, vegan NGOs, you know, veganism to flourish. Yes, and please share this video. Everybody watching on Facebook, 
Um, I am totally blown away by the vegan coin. You can go to veganation.io, veganation.io, and sign up. And so there's four ways you can do it. One, if you're a company, you could sign up to sell your wares on that. And I immediately, when I spoke to these guys, came all the way from Israel here to Arizona to be part of the conference that we were all part of, and that's why we're in Arizona. And they're brilliant. Uh, and there's a whole team of technologists. Right. Uh, so you can sign up to have your business. Let's say you sell vegan soap. You can sell it, and you can people can buy it via Bitcoin. You can also be an NGO, a 501c3, that lists to get donations. Yep. Okay, so Jane Unchained News Network is a 501c3. We could get donations on, on the uh, vegan coin. You can also be a small investor. Once it hits on January, you can buy whatever, $100 worth of vegan coin, and it's 50 cents a coin. Mm. And um, then you can also be a major investor between now and the first of the year. You can be in any one of those four slots or all of those four slots. So I'm letting people know because uh, personally, I have grown to the point where I don't want to see my money going to buy a dead animal or to torture an animal or to buy a cruelty-free or to a cruel product. So I'd rather have, for example, I found a vegan hairdresser. Okay. I had a hairdresser who was a nice enough person, but she was actually hostile to our message. And I would leave with a headache. I was like, why am I doing this? Mm. I walked into a hairdresser down the block. I said, I want a cruelty-free hairdresser. And a woman raised her hand. She said, I'm vegan. I said, okay, you're my hairdresser. She happens to be a great, well, wow. you may not be able to tell today. Uh, because we've been driving around Arizona, but she's a good hairdresser, and her values are consistent with mine. So when she's massaging my hair, I'm not like this, okay? So um, mm -hmm. I want to do that across the board. So when I heard about Vegan Coin, the Vegan Nation Coin, veganation.io, my head exploded. I was like, this is the solution. Yeah. And um, I'll reimburse all of our volunteers for their uh, travel with uh, with Vegan Coin from now on. Okay, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, the point is that you have to follow the money, and this will allow us. There's like 300 million people at least that are eating vegan, vegetarian around the world, and then there's plenty more that are veganish, and there are others who are very invested in cruelty-free products, conservation. We get all those people trading amongst themselves. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm. That is going to be incredible. That's going to change the world. Uh, uh, what do you think about it, Ryuji? I mean, I think it's an incredible project. I think it's a very ambitious project. But if it comes to light, it's so inspiring to see that this could potentially unite the whole community, which I think is so important. And one of the topics that we talked about, even at the conference, was how our community was divided and how our community is not united. And one of the things that we're trying to create at that conference was finding solutions to unite our community and to unite all people who are fighting for the same cause, who have a same vision. And this, I think, could be a great tool to really unite people, uh, not just on a you know ideological level or on a, oh, we all vibe with each other, we have the same vision, but actually create an infrastructure, which is yeah. the whole point of the conference, to bring these people together. Right. Oh, it's amazing. Um, so, Dr. Rao, where do we go from here? Because uh, this is the last segment of our two-hour broadcast on Voice America Influencers. Uh, here in Arizona, we've just been at a two-day conference or maybe even a three-day conference with you. You have inspired us so much. 
I want to say just officially, you give me hope. I'm going to choke up. You give me hope for our world. You really do. When I heard you speak, I said, we can save this world. We can stop this hideous violence that keeps me up at night, that Mm. ruins my day every day because I wake up and I know it's happening. And I know that so many people are suffering and it's all unnecessary. This is the key to human evolution. Renee, you can address that. I mean, once we get rid of all this killing, wars will end. Violent crime will end. We don't have to have a zero-sum game. Primitive thinking is that life is a zero-sum game. For me to survive and thrive, you or somebody else has to suffer and wow. die. This is the most primitive notion. Our species has to evolve beyond that or we will die. We will all die. And once we realize that I don't have to kill anything to live and to thrive, Mm. a lot of the other stuff, the prison industrial complex, the military industrial complex. Remember, it was General Eisenhower, who was a conservative Republican, who said the military, beware the military industrial complex. Bureaucracies are self-perpetuating and they want to grow. Mm. And they will. Con- the only way they can grow is by continuing these forays. And they will come up with reasons for these forays because it's a zero-sum game mentality. For us to win, they have yes. to. They have to lose. For us to survive, they have to die. And the ultimate expression of that primitivism is eating animals. Yes, yes. And Dr. Will Tuttle sums it up brilliantly in his book World Peace Diet. I learned so much from him about the definition of words. And the word war in Sanskrit means the desire for more cattle. And so when you really start thinking about that, our whole economy from eight to 10,000 years ago was literally built on the backs of animals. You know, the word capitalism comes from the word capita, which means head. The, the system was built on heads of cattle, stock market, livestock. So we have to understand, folks, that our world economy is built deliberately on the backs of animals. And it's up to us to create that new system, not fight it, create a new one, because people are sick and tired of it. Wow. I love this. And Ryuji, you wanted to say something. Yeah. What you just said about the state of our world, I think is very true in the way that we see it played out, right? Because one thing that I realized about being vegan is that by me eating animal products, by me consuming things that comes from animals, whether it be their bodies, whether it be their secretions, milk and eggs, there is so little to gain. What I gain from that is perhaps 10 minutes, 15 minutes of pleasure as I eat that, I kind of enjoy it. But that's kind of like the only upside. And on the flip side, there is so much downside. There is environmental destruction. There is my health that's going down. There are the animals who had to suffer. I mean, just think about that. When I eat a piece of bacon, that literally means that a pig had to suffer for six months and then be killed, Hmm. have their throat slits, or die in a gas chamber. That's what had to happen for me to have that 10 minutes of pleasure. And I realized that the upside is so small, but the downside is so large and this thing that we're doing is the ultimate form of taking like you said it's ultimate it's not even win lose it's lose lose it's lose 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 the consumers lose the environment loses the animals lose i mean we all lose from this why can't we create a world that's win win 
when we yeah. Yeah. stop consuming yeah. animal products, Absolutely. we create a world that is win-win, where we can win, we can live a healthier life. We can create a better planet for all the beings that live in the planet, and we can live compassionately and not kill our fellow Earthlings. All these animals, as human beings, we're also animals, even though we don't think about that very often. These animals, when they're chickens, cows, pigs, they're fellow Earthlings that live on this Earth with us. Yep. Why couldn't we create a win-win situation with them? And imagine what the world would look like if we all learned that every animal, no matter the species, deserves to live. If we grew up with that notion that we should respect all life, yes. that we should love all animals, how would we ever have war between us if we just learned that, you know, the MO of the way we live should be love, should be compassion, should be unity? Oh, I love, uh, that's why I said yes. Ryuji has to come on this trip with us. I love and it. that's why we had everybody packed into a little Prius coming out here. Because <laughs> Ryuji had to come with us. Um, you know, I, I have been left, as we wrap up with Hope for This World, uh, we have a choice. We are at a turning point. This is not a situation where back in the day when there were only a few million people or even a few hundred million people on this planet or even one billion or two billion. There's too many people on this planet now for us to continue operating in an unsustainable way. You know, what really hit me was when I found out that there are twice as many people on this planet today as when I was in high school. Wow. Okay. So and there's going to be still more people. So the implications are greater. If one person does something that is wrong, that's one person. But when 7.6 billion people are doing something that is self-destructive and destructive, it's cataclysmic. So we're at a turning point. And, you know, what's so frustrating to me is that the powers that be, even the New York Times, is not devoting the attention to this that it should. Why? Because they've got a food department. I've been in these situations in these newsrooms. You tell the food department, hey, processed meat is cancer causing. We don't want to cover it anymore. They're going to be fit to be tied. What? Well, this is what I... So there's in-house politics. And I'm not pointing out the New York Times. Any news organization... It's not one person making a decision. It's it's a group of people fighting amongst themselves territorially for the better headlines, for the better stories. So I'm not I, I was in the news business for 40 years. I'm not attacking the news business as much as saying that they are just a reflection of society and everybody has their little um, fiefdoms that they want to protect. So. We have to get the word out. And the great thing about social media is there's no fiefdoms. I mean, you're talking, Ryuji. You don't have a food department that's going to fight with you if you tell them don't cover, you know, the bacon contest yeah. um, or the hot dog eating contest. And you don't have anybody telling you. And now that I'm unchained, I don't have anybody <laughs> telling me. Although I will say when I was in the media, I did manage to get a lot of stories on. And I thank those employers for allowing me to do those stories. I pushed the envelope as much as I possibly could. But um, social media is going to be the answer for us getting the word out about this. And then the technology is going to come from Dr. Selesh Rao. So how do people get involved in this? And if you could just turn that way, because we are also on Facebook. Thank you, sir. Yeah, so get to on Facebook, go to Prevent Year Zero, uh, Vegan World 2026, 
and a preventyearzero.org. At preventyearzero.org, you will see the Facebook link, the Instagram link, the Twitter link, so you can join, follow us, and you will get all the information that we are working, whatever we are doing at the time. And if people want to get involved, I'm sure that there are tons of people who want to get involved with this. Right. So we are going to be having monthly uh, Zoom conferences on all of the questions that we uh, we addressed at the conference. And then we are going to have a follow-up conference in Jerusalem in four months. Four what? months. Yeah. Wow. Tell us about that. So, yeah, uh, Vegan Nation is going to host a conference, the Vegan World 2026 conference in Jerusalem in uh, February. So the people in that area get a chance to also do the same thing that we did here, the same kind of visioning. So we, could, so we, could, we have to unearth all these questions and then figure out how, we, how we're going to address them so that we have a new system of normalized nonviolence that we can go to. Wow. Wow. So it's a very systematic process you know, Four that months. we're engaged in. All right. We've only got a couple of minutes now. We are getting to the very end. Um, I just want to say all of the people in this studio give me hope for our planet. We know, and Malcolm Gladwell wrote this great book, The Tipping Point, that when about 3.5%, I think it is, of the world gets an idea and changes and say, this is where we're going to go, the rest of the world ultimately follows. We're getting to that tipping point. Uh, we need everybody to get on board. We need everybody to double down on their activism and use social media. I don't. Anybody with a cell phone can be an activist. Ryuji simply has... He has a, a little camera, but you, you could do the exact same thing on your cell phone. I mean, it doesn't matter. I put out videos that I shot on my phone, and they don't do any better or worse than videos I shot with my camera. It doesn't matter. It's not about that. Yeah. It's about, you know, every meal, every peaceful plant-based meal that you eat, videotape it, take a shot of it, put it on your Instagram, put it on your Facebook, spread the word. Every office potluck, bring a plant-based dish. Every opportunity you have, spread the word. We have to all be messengers of this because the planet depends on it. Literally, the survival of our planet depends on it. And we're going to hit a point where we can't go back soon. And it's not just us saying this. They do talk about the fact that we've got like 12 years. We say eight years. They say 12 years. They just don't talk about the animal agriculture component, which is what we're doing. So, Dr. Celeste Rao, let's give him a, a round of applause. Woo! We love you. I want his personality. You know, because he's so calm, cool, and collected. All right. Thank you, darlings. Thank you. Thank you. Go vegan. Go vegan. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.